welcome to All Talk Oncology. I'm your host, Kenny Perkins, a.k.a. The Cancer Guy. Once again, as always, we have another phenomenal guest. So if you haven't heard, you know, Florida is a nice location where people want to go and travel. Everyone knows about the nightlife in Miami, Orlando, where Disneyland and Disney World resides. And that's where we're going today. Today, we're talking to Cristina Arroyo, you know, here from Florida. Let us welcome her. Cristina Arroyo, welcome to All Talk Oncology. Thank you. Thank you. I like the way you, you rolled your R's with my name. Love it. Come on. You know, if I'm a, if I'm a represent, I got to practice that Arroyo. Yeah. You know? <laughs> You know, I remember in the Spanish class, you had to go erre con erre, like you had to work right. it, right? Yeah, you had to make it work. <laughs> Got to do it. You know, here in Southern California, Christina, we have a we have a large population of Hispanics. So, you know, I, I had to sink or swim, okay? sink <laughs> or swim, you know. Yeah. But uh, Christina, thank you so much. It's a it's a pleasure to have you on the show. Thank you for coming on. No, thank you. It's, it's, um, you know, I've always wanted to be on a podcast. I've always wanted to share my story. Um, so this is perfect. I've been really excited about this, looking forward to it. So, well, Christina, you came to the right podcast. This is all talk oncology. We cover it all. And not only are we a podcast, we also have, you know, uh, a vlog too. So we have our YouTube channel, and so you can get the best of both worlds. You can see the podcast or you can listen to it. And this is what we're doing today. So thank you. Thank you so much for blessing us. Awesome. So Christina, you know, let's get into this. You know, you know that you, you've been diagnosed with the NET, correct. that is neuroendocrine tumors. Is that correct? Yeah, that's right. You know, that that's a rare disease, right? Very rare. Um, and you know, I'm a nurse practitioner. So even as a healthcare provider, I was like, what? MET, what is that? I had to do my own studies on it because I had never, ever heard of it before. Yeah, you know, it's, it doesn't come up often. You know, I've been, I've been in the industry, what, in the cancer industry for quite some time. And I can't say I remember treating someone with NET, you know, right. uh, so that that's, that's something. But let me ask you this, you know, I always like to find out what was life like for Christina prior to diagnosis? Who is she? What were you doing prior to, to diagnosis? You talked about you're a nurse practitioner, right? Right. So basically, I, I have to be honest, my life has not changed very much from before diagnosis to after diagnosis. A couple of things. Um, but basically, I've always been a very driven person. I've always been a go-getter person. I've always been somebody that was working on something. I, I was never complacent. I was always working on some type of project, whatever it may be. Um, so prior to receiving my diagnosis in 2008, it was 2018, the project that I was working on on that time was bodybuilding. I fell in love with fitness. I fell in love with bodybuilding. And I was actually doing a competition prep to compete. So that was my life before that. I was a full-time nurse practitioner and I worked in the hospital. I did um, travel nursing assignments um, while I was studying for nurse practitioner, my master's degree. So I started working at a, a pediatric office, but we also see adults, so a family practice, family practice basically, 
um, but the population is primarily pediatric. Okay. Right. So pediatric, you're a pediatric NP, nurse practitioner, and now you, you, you fell in love with something that you discovered, which is fitness. Mm -hmm. And this was the life. This was life for Christina, fitness and help serving the community. What, are the, what an amazing thing, right? So you're doing your thing and enjoying life. How did, how did the discovery of NET come about? I mean, with you living your life the way you were. Right. I was minding my own business, <laughs> <laughs> drinking my water and minding my own business and doing my thing. And, um, you know, so the timeline kind of goes like this. I was having a little bit of um, indigestion, which everybody at some point has indigestion. So I did not think anything major of it. I would see the doctor um, the GI specialist, here's some Tums, here's some um, antacids, go about your way. Um, but it was like continuing to be a problem. Like I wasn't digesting food properly. So I had a couple of endoscopies and um, ultrasounds and nobody said this, oh, you have acid reflux, you know, cut down on spicy foods. I'm Puerto Rican. So I was like, okay, maybe I'm having too much rice and beans and too much stuff. <laughs> <laughs> too much pique in my food, hot sauce. So, you know, try to cut down on certain types of foods that may alter your digestion. Okay, fine. So I it was actually a nurse practitioner and um, she ordered an ultrasound, an abdominal ultrasound. And because of my experience with doctors just telling me to take an antacid or, you know, I kind of just put that ultrasound order somewhere under the bed and forgot about it. I'm like, I'm, I'm not going to waste my time. And six months later, she, I was very surprised. She called me and was like, hey, I noticed that you never did that ultrasound. I'm like, well, you know, uh, it's fine. And I said, okay, I guess to appease her, you know, to be a good, a good patient, you know, let me be uh, compliant and do what she, what she ordered for me. So I did the ultrasound and then like they called me right away that I needed to come in. And I'm like, what? And they, they said that there were some spots on my liver that were a little bit suspicious. I needed to have an MRI. Okay, fine. So I went again. I was like, hmm, this is strange. Let me just obey. I went and had the MRI done of my abdomen. And then again, they called me, you need to come in right away. So I went to my PCP and they're like, you have these lesions on your liver. So because I have a background, a medical background, I'm, now I'm starting to, now the wheels are spinning. Like what? Lesions on my liver? Like nobody has ever said anything to me before. I'm young. At this point, I was, I was 30. I was about, I was about a month away from turning 31. So I was mm. 30 years old. I'm like, I'm a healthy person. You know, I've never done, I don't drink I don't drink alcohol. I don't like alcohol. So my liver should not, my liver should be in tip top shape. I don't, <laughs> I don't do drugs. I don't drink alcohol or anything like that. So um, they referred me to a hepatologist, which is a liver specialist. So I went to the liver doctor, um, a part of Advent Health. And um, he said, you know, are you, he's looking at the films in the room. I was with my mom. My mom came with me. She's a nurse also. Okay. And, it's always, you know, I always had somebody with me in case I don't retain what they're telling me because I'm so confused by the bigger picture. It's always good to have somebody 
What a gem, Christina. Thank you for bringing that up, you know, because sometimes, you know, we can't, we can't pay attention to all of the details. And so having someone there uh, as a, as a second, as a second ear is amazing, right? Thank you for bringing that up. Yeah. So my mom was there with me and I just never forget the doctor was looking at the films and he said, are you sure you've never had cancer before? And I'm like, I'm pretty positive that (laughs) I'm pretty positive that I've never had cancer. I'm sure that's something that would be in the forefront of my medical record if that was the case. I'm pretty positive. And he's like, okay. And then he's like, is there a family history? And I I do, I'm my paternal, my dad's side of the family, both my paternal grandmother and grandfather passed away from cancer early in their 30s before reaching 40 my paternal grandfather had colon cancer with meds to the pancreas and then my grandmother paternal grandmother had um, breast cancer so they died very young so I was explaining that to him and then he was like okay Um, and at that time I was on um, birth control for acne so he said oh it's common that birth control can cause liver lesions in females between 20 and 30 years old that's got to be what it is and he said what we'll do is we'll repeat the MRI in one year but I'm a very intuitive person and I felt his his um, uncertainty I felt his uncertainty I didn't feel that he was confident in that plan gotcha and because of he wasn't confident in it I in turn was not confident with that Wow, Christina, what a what a what a gift, you know, mm-hmm. you you picking up on that vibe and understanding, you know what, he's not really he's not really confident in what he's saying. And so what that point, what did you decide to do? So after that, you know, I went home that night and I, I couldn't sleep because I, I felt like that was not the plan. Like I didn't want to wait a year. So the next morning, lo and behold, he called me while I was at work and he said that he had a second radiologist review the films because he was also thinking about it. So I'm like, wow, okay. I'm glad I knew that I, you know, we have that extra sense where, you know, something is wrong. And he said, you know, I would like to proceed with the liver biopsy. Perfect. So about a week or two later, I had the liver biopsy and waiting for those results from that biopsy was like the longest week or two of my entire life. And um, it's funny because I was trying not to be that person calling the doctor's office, that (laughs) annoying person, because I work in the doctor's office. So I know those type of people. I did not want to be that person. But at that moment, I was not a nurse practitioner. I was a human being waiting for biopsy results. Absolutely. It's a whole different role. So, every so you could kind of see it, huh? Yeah, and you can understand it a little bit. Yeah, I said I helped me empathize a little bit more yes. with my patients. But I'm telling you, every time I would call, it was like, "Oh, um, we don't have the results. The office is flooded. Oh, we lost power today. Oh, the coffee machine spilled and everything fell. Like ev- all types, everything that could go wrong was going wrong oh as goodness. I'm waiting for these results." 
And um, finally, the day came, it was, I was on my lunch break, the nurse called me and she goes, I have the report, I can read it to you, but I cannot interpret it because I am not the physician. I'm like, okay, I don't care, that's fine. I'll interpret it myself, just, just tell me what it says. And she said, neuroendocrine tumor. So now I'm even more confused because I had never heard of such a thing. Sure. So then it was another waiting game because she said, the doctor's going to call you to explain. He didn't call me that day. He didn't call me the following day. I think he took like two or three days to call me. So now I'm living in this torture because now I have information, but I'm not understanding the information. And I'm digging and I'm going through black holes with research and not understanding. Now, are you freaking out at this point? Is your family, is your family kind of getting a little, you know, terrified? Yeah, a little, a little bit of anxiety. Yeah, definitely. But um, so finally he called me. I was on my lunch break. I was getting ready to go back to the office. And he called me and he, he had like a very somber voice. He's like, you know, I'm really sorry to tell you this, but this is a malignant type of tumor, you know, and then I, and I'm, I don't, my reaction was just kind of like, okay, what now? Now what? And he's like, he just kept saying, I'm sorry. Okay. I don't want you to be sorry. I want to know what is the action. I'm a, I'm a person of action, you know, like I need to know what is the next step. And he's like, okay, so the next step is going to be, we're going to do a CT scan. Basically, they just check your brain, your abdomen and pelvis and, our, and your lungs, because uh, the objective is at this point is to find out where is the primary source. Because when there was tumors on the liver, that means it's coming from somewhere else. The liver is always the secondary um, source. Christina, are you at some point a little nervous at this point? Or are you just ready to get it done? Like how, how are you responding? How are you feeling? It's so crazy. You know, my parents were here cause I happened to be here stopping by on my way back to work. So I told them the information and I had to go, I had to get back to work. I had patients. So I don't, I couldn't even tell you that I even processed it, processed it at that moment. Like I was like, okay, what? I have cancer. Okay, well, I got to go back to work. So I went to work. I went about my day. I went to the gym. And I can't even tell you, like, to this day, three years later, like, I never really grieved the whole situation. I don't know if I blocked it or if I was just so busy with the things I was working on. But I knew that it hurt my family more than it hurt me. Mm. You know, obviously, like the people that love you are going to be, especially like my dad, given the history of both of his parents um, having, have passed away so young. And now his daughter, like it skipped him, went to his daughter, went to myself. So I know there was a lot of emotion there. So I don't know if I just didn't want to face, I'm not a very emotional person. So I, maybe I just didn't want to um, face all of that. So Christina, is that a, is that a defense mechanism that you have? Like, what is, the, where does as that I'm come talking, from? As I'm talking this out loud, I'm like, oh my God, I'm giving, this is like therapy. Maybe it is like a defense mechanism, but you know, the only time that I felt kind of sad was when I had to go do that, the workup, the CT scans and the blood work. I remember I was laying, 
I was laying in the bed and like, I was, I was like, I didn't want to go. I didn't want to go. And my mom was like, no, like she was like, kind of like helping me and like soothing me like, okay, no, let's just go. Let's just do it one step at a time. And like, I just didn't want to go. But of course, you know, I went, I did all the work up and whatever. And um, I was just more curious, more than like sad. Cause I hadn't heard about this before. Sure, so I sure. was just more like, I had questions. I'm a very curious person. So I had a lot of questions like what's going to happen. Am I going to lose my hair? Am I going to have to have surgeries? Am I going to lose my job? Am I going to not be able to work out? Like I just wanted to know what to expect. Sure. So then I would start um, Googling and what I did, I went to, it was the worst thing I could do. I went to Instagram <laughs> and like, I put like hashtag net. And what came up was like pictures of women with like no hair, with um, NG tubes, the gastric tubes. And I was like, oh my God. So now my, my mindset was like, went from curiosity to like, it wasn't sad, but it was just more like fear at this point. Like, oh my God, am I going to have tubes? Am I going to have surgeries am I gonna lose my hair and then it was like a flight of ideas sure it was not my my emotions were not direct I just had like ADHD of of everything you know my mind was just all over the place and then I'm like what about competing because I was like so excited to compete in a show like how is that going to be affected in fact when I had the liver biopsy I wasn't supposed to work out I went right to work out after that look at you precautions if it wasn't for the fact that I had bodybuilding and the gym and all and and that to look forward to, I really think that my mindset would have been different because I was, you know, it, it was like therapy for me and it still is to this day. Yeah. When you get diagnosed with, with a horrific disease as cancer, you know, you don't know how you're going to respond, right? Right. It's just, it's shocking. So I, you know, one of the things I I know listening to you, everyone else was emotional, but you weren't. And so I was trying, I I wonder what, what emotion were you feeling? It was, I think, I don't know if it was just curious. I was just like confused also confusion. I was like, what have I ever done to anybody? You know, like what I have been healthy my whole life. So then I became like a detective. I went back to all <laughs> my medical records, like years and years prior. I had had an appendectomy back in like, I don't know, 2015. And I, I called the hospital in Miami. I'm like, I need a copy of my entire record. And I need a copy of the biopsy to look at the, the tissue of the appendix. Like I was doing all types of craziness. <laughs> um, and I was like, I need to figure out why, where I, I was just full of questions. Sure. And uh, I realized that I had had ultrasounds and CT scans in the past. And those lesions were present from 2000, as far back as 2015. Wow. So now my mindset shifted to, do I need a lawyer? So it was just a lot. Yeah. So I guess I didn't have room for the emotional part of it because I was filling my mind with questions. Yes. So that's what was happening. And then um, I was just eager for more results. So every time I had a test, I would, um, you know, they give you access to the portal where you can look at results. 
and I was obsessed with hitting the refresh button. Like, like I just had the test five minutes ago. I knew that the results were not going to be there, but me, I was like, refresh, refresh. refresh. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe they put them sooner or something. And um, so I just wanted answers. That yeah. was my thing. I wanted answers. So I went to go see um, the hepatologist referred me to the oncologist that they wanted me to see. So I went to the oncologist and um, he was very, very reassuring. He's still my doctor today. He was very reassuring. He said that I would not need any surgical intervention because the way the tumors are on my liver, they are scattered throughout. He said, had they all been in one area, they can snip that part out, but they cannot because they're scattered throughout. I see. So he said at that point, I would be starting um, injectable medications. Um, it was called sandostatin. So I started that treatment on June 8th, 2018. Um, but I want to go back a second. When I met with my oncologist, he was very reassuring. And something that he said that he that stood out to me that made not only myself feel more relaxed, but my family who had come to that appointment he said, if anyone was to have cancer, this is the one that they would want to have wow. because people can live a very long life with it and not even know. Yes. And um, he knows that I'm in the medical field, but I, I told him to please don't talk to me like I'm a, a healthcare provider. Talk to me like I don't know anything because I needed to understand. I, I, didn't, I was not familiar with a lot of oncology terms and things like that because I never worked in that department. Sure. But I did get a second opinion and I went to another medical system here in Florida and I was not pleased because I felt there was no connection with the oncologist. He right away sent me to the surgical surgeon who said, no, we need to cut you open and take out, do a, a bowel resection because like I said, my primary is in the small intestine. He's like, we need to take out that area. And he literally like at that appointment, looked at his phone. He said, I'm going on vacation on this day. So we need to do it on this day. Like made me just feel like I was a number, like another body on his operating room table. Mm. So I decided, and people rave about that doctor and that system, but I, I just was not gonna, I didn't feel comfortable. Sure. So I stayed with my current oncologist. He knows my lifestyle. He knows I'm very active. I'm young. You know, I like to hang out with friends at that time. And, and, you know, he didn't want me to have to go through surgery where I would have to go through a recovery, where I would have to have a six inch incision. If the research shows that it's not more beneficial than, than doing the injectable treatments that I'm currently on. So you had an option then, Christina, at this point, you know, the two options that were before you was one, do we go ahead and get surgery and get this thing cut out? Or two, we go ahead and do some type of, uh, is it, what, is it a chemo drug? Yes. And it's, um, it's not like a traditional with a port. I don't have a port or anything like that. It's just an intramuscular injection. And I've been receiving it for three years now, every 28 days very mild side effects, just like headache and fatigue, things that I can handle, you know? So um, it's, it's been great. I have no complaints. 
with it. I'm so glad that I did not go the surgery route. And, and that's what I was saying. My oncologist, he got to know me as, and what type of life I live versus somebody has no idea what my life is like and telling me, go get a surgery. You know, he has that, that, can, that connection with me. How refreshing was that? Oh my God. Yes. He's, he's so great. Um, I, I really enjoy all of my appointments with him. Um, so I'm very happy and blessed to have this doc, this, my oncologist. So So um, it makes such a big difference, Christina. I, I think, I think sometimes as you and I both know, we are in the profession, right? We're in this industry and it could become, um, we can lose that, that sense of, uh, I don't want to say, what is it? It's kind of the, the human touch, basically. It really is, right? The humanity, humanitarian humanity. portion of it, right? And so when you have someone with good bedside manners that really takes an interest in you and understands what you're doing, it makes a world of difference, huh? Absolutely. And, you know, every visit, he's always asking, you still lifting weight? When is your mm. next competition? When is your next show? So he know, you know, he knows me and my life, which is, is important to me. And, and all of this, I have translated it into my own practice as a nurse practitioner with, with my patients. You know, I don't, I like to be thorough. I don't, I'm always scared. I'm going to miss something the way somebody missed all those years that I had those lesions on my liver. I never want a patient to experience that with me. And what a blessing, what a blessing for those that come to see you, you know, uh, to know that you you've taken that extra step to make sure that things are okay with them. Right. You know, one of the things I hear Christina from you is family is such a, an important factor. And as I was listening to you in each of these uh, appointments with the physician, your family was there. Yes. Talk about that a little bit. How, how important is family to you and what does it mean? Yes. Um, Family is everything. I know it sounds cliche and people say it all the time. Family is everything, but those are my people, you know, like those are the ones who are, who are going to be there to lift me up. Those are the ones dealing with my, my moods when I'm hungry from competition. Prep. <laughs> those are the ones, you know, that it's everything. And um, it got to the point where I had to tell them to stop coming to my appointments because now I've been with this for three years. I don't really have you know, major updates when I go to my follow-ups with my oncologist. It's just very like, how's everything? Everything's good. All right, cool. We're continuing on plan. So I don't really need that support anymore. In the beginning, they would come because it was new for for all of us, for yes. my parents, who wouldn't want a supportive family. So I'm very, very lucky to have the family that I have. And, um, you know, I, I'm also very lucky, you know, growing up, my family always taught me to be strong right so like if I was crying if I was crying about something as a child my dad would always say oh you know no you don't cry when something goes wrong you get a hold of your emotions and you fight and you got to be strong so all along he I was being prepped for for this challenge and whatever other challenge that may come in life because we're always going to have multiple challenges yes so. What amazing, what an amazing family, what an amazing family you have. And yeah. it's important, Christina, you know, when you can see the support, especially when something horrific comes into your life, you know, right. it's amazing. 
you know, as the different guests we come in and, and on the show, how they, each person is so different and how they deal with it. And so for you, curiosity was it, you know, yeah. no time for emotion. It's just curiosity. How, what's this, what's going on? How, you know, and have you had time at this point to process what's going on with you? I have processed it, but I have not because it's been going so well yeah. and I haven't had any major um, setbacks. There was like a couple of things, like I had some kidney issues that were going on and I did have to have a kidney biopsy, but the nephrologist believes it's because of uh, the working out, the muscle breakdown causing, like that's just normal for for me. In the fitness industry. Correct, yeah. Um, and then there was like another issue earlier in the year, this year, where there was like a suspicious area on one of my scans. I have scans every six months, but it turned out to be nothing. So um, because, so for the most part, things have gone super smooth. That's my awesome. tumor markers have been where they need to be. I guess I haven't needed to be emotional about it because sure. it's going so well. That's awesome. I love the way you handle this. You, you're a thriver, you know, and you quickly found out what works for you. And it's the gym. That's your therapy. Yeah. Keeping, you know? keeping challenging myself in other ways. I guess I like to be challenged. You know, entrepreneurship is absolutely not an easy road at yeah. all. You know, that's a, that's a challenge. Um, I bought, I bought my house, like, I think shortly after all of that as well. Yeah, I bought my house, like, six months after my diagnosis. That was a challenge as well. Was that a part of your goal, or did that come about to, like, hey, I'm going to do this because life is short, you know? Well, I did, um, I did at one point think about a lot of the things that I wanted to do in my life. Sure. Um, and I thought about it more in a intent, more intent way because of that. But, um, you know, there's still so many other things that I do want to do. And starting my business was probably the first major step in, in, um, in doing that. And, and like I said, I had no thoughts or goals of becoming an entrepreneur prior to this. Okay. But something that I value is time freedom. And when you're working a corporate job, living somebody else's dream, yeah. you don't really get the chance to have that understanding of time freedom and how valuable it is. So now that I'm diagnosed with cancer, time is everything, yes. absolutely everything. So um, I'm still in the beginning stages of entrepreneurship. I actually just celebrated one year in business. Yes. Yeah, so talk to us, talk to, okay. I know, and congratulations on the one year anniversary. Cause it's a, it's a major thing and entrepreneur is not easy. It's not for the week. So talk no. to us a little bit about that. What no, are you doing? I knew that I wanted to do something in the wellness realm, but I wasn't sure what direction to go. So, um, I was having some gut issues. Like I talked about before indigestion, everybody has it, but I'm like, there's gotta be like natural ways to combat that because I really don't like the thought of medicine all the time. So I started researching and I came across IV hydration. I came across, um, 
glutathione, and all of these other more natural remedies, herbal teas, herbal medicines. So I went, I went and I took a course. I'm, I'm a lifelong learner. I love to learn. Yeah. So I'm constantly taking courses and reading books and trainings because I genuinely, again, the curiosity thing. Yeah. I like to learn new things. If I can go back to school and be a student forever, I would. But student loans are not. Are not <laughs> <hard to spend. laughs> so um, I started researching into that and I came across a nurse practitioner who um, was teaching other nurses providing like nuggets to other nurses on how they can go about doing their own business as well. So I signed up for the course, then COVID happened and um, I had to do the course virtually. And if I had not taken that course, that course changed my life because she gave me not only like the knowledge about the business, but it was more so the confidence that if she can do it, I can do it too. So I did that. And boom, holistic energy was born, which boom. is business. energy because I believe in, uh, you know, I'm very intuitive. I believe in energy fields, all of that. And I have energy, I have a, you know, I have high energy and in holistic um, spelled with whole like W-H-O-L-E instead of holistic, because I believe in treating the whole person instead of just tar- targeting just one specific thing, because mind, body and soul is all connected. Absolutely. That is how holistic energy was born during the pandemic. It's time for me to dive into what I really have a passion for. I was always researching holistic and wellness type of um, treatment modalities. Yes. And let me, it's, it's very interesting, Christina, because you went into something that was affecting you. And so that's twice that, that I've heard you say that you said, you know what, one, I want to make sure I'm thorough with my patients because I know what that's like to not be thorough and and people missing a disease. So you adopted that. Second one is that for your gut, you like, I needed to find something that, that as an alternative, because you couldn't use that medication. And then Mm -hmm. here you come and you start holistic energy that handles that. What an amazing thing. Did you purposely do that or just, it just kind of evolved that way? things evolved like that. Like really, I, like I said, like, I almost feel like I didn't know what I was doing. You know, like it was just one thing led to the next thing, which led to the next thing. Yeah. And things are still happening in that way now. You know, I'm not, I'm not a big planner of a person. I'm not the most organized person. I believe in going with the flow of energy and letting the universe carry me, carry me through. And I guess that that's been doing me well. Um, because one door opened to the next door, which opens to the next door. And when I started my business, actually, I was doing home visits. I was my running my business out of my car. And it was very difficult for me because I had people wanting my services like as far out, like an hour out in one direction, an hour out in the other direction. And I was, it was becoming um, very taxing mentally, you know, driving and I would go to somebody's home and they're like, oh, I'm not home. Like, what? I just drove an hour and you're not home. You know, it was just <laughs> a lot. Yes. And, but I didn't want to become resentful towards my business. I knew there had to be another way, but I knew I had to stick it out again back to you got to stick it out. You got to be tough because you just got to get through this phase. Then 
my car was having major issues. I would get to somebody's home, do a service, and my car wouldn't start. So that person would have to help me with my car so I make it to the next home. And then the car would die there. And then those people would help jumpstart my car. And then I would make it to the next person. And that's how I was running my business. My car was dying at every location. <laughs> then I was getting tires. It was just crazy. And I was like, there's gotta be some, like, I, I don't understand what's happening. <laughs> um, but look but at you, you know, your resilience, you did not quit, you know, no, and that says a lot. I didn't quit. And then I got another blessing in April of this year, I met a, a friend of mine introduced me to another entrepreneur in the Winter Park area, an esthetician. And, um, you know, I introduced my services to her. She really found value into my services. And I'm able to run my business out of her spa. I always ask people and you've kind of you've kind of already answered it, but I want to make sure I, I cover it. You know, when people get diagnosed, you know, prior to diagnosis, we are, I find out that most people are living their life a certain way, mm -hmm. uh, their, their lifestyle and the foods that they put, put into their body. Uh, again, it's, it's living a certain way. You know, I know that you're in a fitness industry. And so food is definitely something that you plays a major role in how you transform your body. Is that correct? Correct. 100%. And so would you say that your business, the drips and the, the different uh, uh, vitamins and, you know, minerals and, you know, amino acids or whatever it is that you're doing in your business. That's a nutrition. That's a nutritional supplement. Right. Would you would you agree? Yes, because our a lot of our diets don't give us the micronutrients that are necessary. Mm -hmm. So I, you know, my services fill in those gaps. Yeah. Christina, look at you. You just, uh, you're a thriver. No doubt. You're a thriver for sure. Getting diagnosed with this and then not giving up, starting, starting your own business. And through all, as we know, there's peaks and valleys and in, in everything we do in life. And yet you stuck with it, you know, and getting back to, you know, what happened to you and having been diagnosed, sometimes people, look and find other people with similar diseases. Uh, right. Were you were you able to locate someone that, you know, was had similar diagnosis as you that you can bounce ideas from? So actually, my oncologist um, introduced me to one of his patients, who was around my age, she was a little bit younger than I, um, from Brazil here by herself with her husband. So he introduced us. And it was nice. We went out to dinner and just talked and got to know each other. And like, you know, you got, you know, they were here with no family. So I'm like, Hey, you know, I have a whole big family here. Like you can be a part of this, you know, why be alone going through this? But unfortunately she did pass away um, earlier in the year. And I, you know, it's funny when you asked me if I ever had an emotional connection, that was probably the only time that I felt sad and I, I shed tears is because I was like, wow, I just met her a couple months ago. She had texted me maybe a week or two prior to her passing away. Um, she was just telling me that the doctor, our doctor had changed her medication. And if I had ever heard of it and um, 
you know, I said, no, I didn't. And then like two weeks later, she had passed away. Right. So sorry about that. Yeah. So that was, that was, that hit me a little bit hard because like she was so young, you know, and like I have just met her and then through Instagram, actually, I met another young lady. She's also an entrepreneur and she has the same condition as me. And we go back and forth on Instagram and she, I think, yeah, we're about the same age and, um, you know, we bounce things back and forth and it's nice to know that there's somebody else out there. Yes. Support group is, is an amazing thing, you know, and, you know, you don't know how, sometimes you don't know who's going to come onto your team. Right. But it's interesting, right? How that happens. You know, people start to, you start to find each other. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. And social media is powerful because that's where, that's a great place to find people with yes. similar commonalities for sure. So talk to us a little bit, Christina, how does, You've gone through your treatments or you're going through your treatments now. It seems like everything is stable, which is amazing. And I'm so happy to hear that. What is life like for Christina now? Life for me right now is I'm always busy, always busy, always (laughs) on the run. So really, honestly, not much has changed. You prefer it that way? Yes. (laughs) I can't sit still. I really, I really am always on the go. My day starts at 4.15 every morning and ends at 8 p.m. every night. And, you know, I find a lot of joy in the things that I'm doing. A lot of people are like, oh, you know, when you need to rest. But I like waking up at 4.15. I go to the gym. I go to work. Because I'm in competition prep right now, it requires me to go to the gym twice a day. But normally I would not do that or encourage anybody else to do that. (laughs) Because I am very close to my competition day. That you double know? cardio is no joke, oh, huh? Oh my gosh, yeah. <laughs> well, that's where I'm at with that, you know? And when I'm not working my full-time job, I'm at my, you know, at the, at the spa running my business. And that definitely brings me a lot of joy. And, um, you know, I'll, soon I'll be shifting gears once my competition season is over at the end of the year. I always have something going on. Yes. It sounds like it. That's what I'm saying. From from four to eight p.m. Yeah, you know. So where do you find time for Christina? Because what I what I just listened to, what I just heard, is that Christina is a giver. Mm-hmm. She's out from four to eight p.m. and she's giving and she's giving and she's moving and she's shaking and you know, as an entrepreneur, I get that. But when do you find time for Christina? Honestly, the gym time is my time. Like I love, I enjoy waking up at 4 a.m. and going to the gym because I'm like, it brings me peace. It does. And the evenings, honestly, when I get home around 6.30, I don't scroll on my phone. I, I, I'm a reader. I love to read books. So my evenings, you know, once I settle down and eat and get everything ready for the next day, I'm a podcast junkie. Like I listen to a lot of podcasts. I do, I make it a point. I've been going strong for, I think two months now, no social media after 6 PM. I do not scroll because okay. we. it's easy. Time flies when you're scrolling and you're clicking on that and you're like, oh, wow. And let me click on this. And next thing you know, hours have passed. <laughs> for sure. I just don't want that. That's too much bandwidth taking up my brain. So <laughs> I, um, 
I, I read a lot and I listen to a lot of podcasts. All Talk or, Oncology, shameless plug right there. Absolutely. All Talk Oncology. I have listened to a couple of your episodes. Absolutely. And not for nothing, I like Netflix. I like, I like to binge watch Netflix. Sundays yeah. are my rest days and I don't do anything. So Sundays catch me watching Netflix or watching TV. And, and I enjoy that. Yes. Or reading a book or going to the pool you know, in Florida, you can, we can do that now in September, we can still go to the pool and catch some sun. Um, but I, and you know, family time. So I do have, I do dedicate evenings to myself, Sundays to myself, and my gym time is my therapy. I look forward every day to going to the gym, not the cardio that I don't look forward <laughs> to, but I do enjoy going to the gym. Well, that's a beautiful thing, you know, it's, it seems like you have found ways to, to, to reward yourself and find time for Christina and yes. to do your thinking. Do you get to think a lot when you're, when you're working out? What's, what's, what's Christina's much. mind like? Too much. My, all them tabs I have in my brain. <laughs> I, my mind is definitely, I have a lot of ideas and a lot of different thoughts, but I try to channel things to be positive and, and, and what have you. Love that. Love that. And so important. And I think sometimes, Christina, when you get diagnosed with something like this, it brings reality and what's really important in life, right? Would yes. you agree with that? Absolutely. Yeah. It puts a lot of things into perspective. Um, I don't find myself complaining about little things that maybe I would have complained about before. Like if somebody's like, you know, I have friends and stuff or people I know that would be like, oh my God, like I'm dying. My nose is runny and oh, I'm going to die. <laughs> and I'm just like, girl, please. <laughs> Not many people wish that all they had was a runny nose. Yeah. But then I can't, you know, I'm not going to minimize somebody else's problems because mine are a little bit different. Um, but you but, have perspective, right? But it now. puts into perspective, absolutely. For sure. <laughs> so, Christina, let me ask this question. For those that are listening in, you know, what kind of advice uh, would you give someone that's going through NET, that has NET, been diagnosed? Um, a couple of things, definitely do your research and be your own advocate. Um, you know, for like the example, the story that I mentioned earlier, the doctor telling me, oh, let's wait until next year. And I knew that deep down inside that that wasn't the right way to go. And I was going to call him anyway, but he calls me first. But if follow your intuition, follow your guts, because it is your body. I believe that our bodies communicate with us. So if you feel in your gut that something is off, honor your body's communication with you and do some and be your own advocate, stand up for yourself and 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 put that first. You know, bravery it's it's it doesn't come easy to a lot of people, but it's possible. Um digging deep within yourself to really really hold on to what's important to you and making making something out of the situation, you know, don't allow yourself to sink, really make something out of it. Yeah. Well, thank you. Thank you for that. Thank you for sharing that moment and those thoughts with us. So what an amazing work you're doing. Holistic energy. If you guys didn't hear that holistic energy, you can look that up. Christina is the owner and uh, an amazing human being and a mighty entrepreneur. 
Christina. Thank you so much. Yeah, Christina, thank you. I want to thank you so much for joining us on All Talk Oncology. It's been a pleasure and I appreciate you sharing your story with us. No, the pleasure is mine. Thank you for letting me for letting me talk because I talk a lot. So thank you for this platform and for giving other fighters like myself the opportunity to share our story. You know, I hope that I can inspire somebody to do things that bring them joy and to do things that they felt are they are being called to do. So appreciate you. Thank you. Thank you. So again, I want to thank everyone who tuned in today. Here's where you will find up-to-date cancer discussions with industry experts and leading professionals that can help you in your cancer fight. You are not alone in this. We are in this together. I'm your host, Kenny Perkins, a.k.a. The Cancer Guy. And until again, I'm out.